not only is the the guest star here who plays Valar, I think I think that's the name of the, the name of the uh, uh, yeah Valar. I always don't want to say Lavar, but it's it's not that. It's the opposite. It's uh, Valar. But uh, Valar, she's been in, Blur, Valar Blurfton. She's been, she's been in Star Trek before. She plays uh, Data's android mother in that seventh season TNG episode where Data learns that his mother was also an android, or at least the mother that he meets was an android. Um, but she looks a lot like one. my maternal grandmother, Clay. It's very distracting to, to have was someone. Was she also an android? Paternal, actually, I should say. She probably is. She's still going. Yeah. They're like 90 years old, oh, so maybe they, maybe they wow. are androids at this point. Yeah. Um, you know what you should do? Because you love her and don't want her to leave yet, you should put her brain into a android body, but also one that will eventually fail. Yeah. One that's got a little bit of a one. One that's got a, it's got an expiration date on it because you know yeah. Jean Luc, you can't live too long because that ruins the whole theme that we're dealing with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You must die at some point. But everyone gets older, and everyone knows that their heroes can fail at a certain point. So after we play a clip from this Just episode, we're going to take a break. And we're going to talk about fallen hero. I sense your anger. You presume that my time with humans has left me susceptible to their emotions. There are emotions as well. We simply hide them better. If you're sensing anything from me, it isn't anger. No. Disappointment. Good night, Ambassador. All right, everybody. So, Fallen Hero is the 23rd episode of the first season. We're almost at the end. It's the. It aired on May 8th, 2002. It is the first of the Journey to Riza arcs. There's three episodes. We're going to get there eventually. Teleplay goes to Alan Cross. Story credit goes to Rick Berman and Brennan Braga and Chris Black. Directed by Patrick Norris. The in-universe date is February 9th, 2152. In this episode, Archer is ordered to transport Vulcan Ambassador Valar from the planet Mazar, where she has been accused of criminal misconduct. Following an attack on the Enterprise, T'Pol defends the Ambassador and asks Archer for help. So, one thing about Enterprise, the show, they call the ship Enterprise instead Mm. of the Enterprise, constantly. And I know that Memory Alpha does it too here, because it says following an attack on Enterprise. Which, uh, Which do you prefer? Do you say if you were if you were on the ship, would you say we have to get back to the Enterprise, or would you say we have to get back to Enterprise? I would probably say the Enterprise. Um, I think it probably gets a little confusing if you're reading it in the context of reading about the show. Yeah, because if you know, I were to say on Enterprise, that would sound like you were talking about something that happened on the show. Well, I was as thinking like, to the like, ship. right, it, but even if you're. Like if you were one of Christopher Columbus's sailors, you wouldn't say, "I have to get back to the ni- to Nina," right? You say, "The Nina, I need to get back." Like right. I, I don't think you'd ever lose the the. So I don't know why they don't include it here. Um, I mean, maybe back maybe Santa it's a, it could be a it could be a naval thing. I, I, I mean, I don't know if if that's common uh, naval parlance is to not say the in front of the name of the ship. Yeah, because you say the USS whatever Roosevelt or whatever. But I guess if you just yeah, call it, if you just call it Roosevelt, I don't know. It's a small minor detail, but I find it strange that it's like, it's almost like it was like in the Bible or something because there's never been a script where they say we have to get back to the Enterprise. They just call it Enterprise, mm. which uh, makes me feel like maybe it is some sort of naval naval 
parlance custom right. or something because they've, they've got the hats the hats that yeah. we learned are also a naval tradition yeah we don't want to show our asses again on our understanding of naval uh <laughs> naval customs when you're in combat the last thing you want <clears throat> is to have an extra i don't even know what article of speech that is uh the, the word the so i'm not going to try yeah. let's talk about fallen hero which is uh, a tapal episode it's a vulcan episode it's a episode of enterprise well, why don't you go first with this one? Why don't you say what you thought about Fallen Hero? Didn't care for it. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised. We might we might we might have a we might have a, a battle on our hands here. I I like this one. I thought well, this one to me feels a lot like um, the last one, Voxola, in that mm-hmm. I think it has um, it has like a lot of weird script problems that I don't think it really should have. But at the same time, I thought it was impactful, despite the fact that, like for instance, I um, I really, I really get some kind of emotional connection between T'Pol and this uh, Valar character, mm-hmm. even though I think the script is doing no work to make you think that they have a relationship None. or that they None they whatsoever. like know anything about each other. <clears throat> However, is it the performances? Like the performances are something where really making me feel like there was something profound being said in this episode even though i don't think anything profound is being said but i felt like it was so i don't i don't know like i uh, you can go ahead and go off of that one because you said that you don't like it but is it something along those lines because i i found it i found it emotionally satisfying in a way that i haven't found a lot of enterprise episodes but i don't know if i deserve to feel that way about it yeah i i thought the performances were good i thought it was I thought T'Pol was really good. I thought uh, Valar, I thought she was really good. Um, it just, it's one of those ones that comes down to like, uh, if she just told Archer what was going on. That too. There would be, there'd be no, like there, there's no reason for her not to tell him what's happening. Right. And so, yes, yeah. the, and you've got a, ch- you've got a 40 minute chase sequence that is hinged on the fact that she just won't tell Archer what's going on. And... I yeah, I don't know. It's really tough for me to care about that. And you've got um you set up Valar as this she comes into the scene the the opposite of what Tapal is expecting her to be, but it's all pretty surface level cuz she's just like acting like a human. Um at no point did I really get the feeling like she has betrayed her ethics or anything. Like you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. no there's there's no reason other than for T'Pol to like be disappointed by her other than the fact that she likes iced tea now. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. It just I I I think the stuff in it was fine. Like I, I liked uh, I liked some of the Archer stuff where he's still not trusting the Vulcans and I like the outburst that he has with the uh, uh, the Admiral there about uh, being pissed off that they sent. Uh, a human ship to do the work they didn't want to do and you know, yep. not giving them information. That stuff is fine. But I don't know. I just, I, when you, when you, when you're coming up to like the, the high point of tension in your episode and you've got the bridge crew sitting around talking about how fast the ship can go and like doing calculations in real time. It's, I don't know. It just, I didn't find anything engaging about the story they were trying to tell. The characters were fine. It's but fun. I just like even ultimately what she reveals isn't even really that interesting. 
it's like, oh, yeah, she thought she saw that there was uh, corruption happening in this government, and so she's going to speak out about it. Great. I'm, I'm really happy that you kept that a secret for 45% of the, for 45 minutes or yeah. 40% of the episode. No, it's definitely, I'm just trying to think of like the, the best way to. And even the scene, the scene where she, like halfway through, I was, I was ready to go into this with talking about why this one is structured better than uh, uh, Vox Sola. Not not Fox Soul. The one with the the Oasis. The ghosts. Yeah, the ghost. The, the, the ghosts. The, ghost. the, ghost. <laughs> the Jewish ghosts. The ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> no. uh, the the one with the ghosts. I I was ready to say this was structured better because at right about the halfway point is when they have that scene with with Tapal and and Valar. 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 Yeah. Valar. Yeah. Valar. Valar. And uh, where it's like, okay, now they're going to tell you what the thing is, what what the secret is, and you're going to take that forward. And the next scene is to Paul coming to Archer, and she's like, "We talked for two hours." And Archer goes, "Okay, what did she tell you?" She's like, "Well, she told me what was going on." Okay, what's going on? She, she can't really say. <laughs> I know. It's a what were you guys but talking I, about? But for I two trust hours. her. Yeah, I, I can't. She won't tell me exactly what's happening, but I do trust her. It's like what. So that doesn't lead to anything. And then you have a separate scene where she's talking with Archer where she finally does tell him what's going on. And what she tells him is essentially, yeah, I, there was corruption and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to testify. So uh, I had to make it look like I, w- I was a deadbeat or something. I don't know. I don't disagree with any of that. Like I, I, I maybe disagree in that somewhat uniquely for this episode. I thought that the the race sequence at the end where they're trying to go faster than these other ships is is normally something that I really dislike. However, I thought this is maybe the best version of that kind of like artificial countdown sequence that you can have. Like I mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just thought that there there were it's usually a countdown to destruction. They're usually counting down from 10 until something blows up and you're like this isn't really narratively satisfying because they're just counting mm-hmm. down and I know it's going to resolve. This one felt a little bit different because it did feel almost part of this universe where it's like we actually haven't seen the ship go as fast as it allegedly can so it's kind of neat to see them actually you know open it up and push it to see what can happen it's totally Mm -hmm. just nonsense of like the camera starts shaking and stuff like that but i thought that because there was a chase sequence on top of it it was better i was really let down by it when for some reason the alien ships can go faster than Enterprise, but they just never do to overtake it for some right. reason. Yeah. So it's <laughs> Arches at the end. He's like, "Come on, <laughs> how fast can your ships go? Five point five? I six? did. <laughs> I did. I did kind of like that sequence though, because I feel like that's something I would totally do. I'd be like, "So well, how, how fast can your car actually go? Because I didn't think it could go faster than ours, but it seems to be able to. We had a whole sequence here built on my understanding that you could not go as fast as me, but apparently you were yeah. can go faster. So, I mean, that that completely... Enterprise, I think, as a series, really suffers from weird writing decisions like that. Mm. It's, it's like a very... Um, I don't want to say Discovery-esque, but it feels like they sort of create this circumstance that they then just write themselves out of at the end and in a way that it's like, well, why did you even do it in the first place? I I agree with all that. I agree with Valar. I agree with the fact that she doesn't really make sense character-wise in terms of what they're trying to say about DePaul, I don't think, or if they are trying to say anything, they don't really say much about it. I... I don't know. This one might just be appealing to me based on, like, I saw potential here for what the series, I think, is trying to say about the Vulcan and human relationship. Like, I I think Mm -hmm. I understand this is what they're trying to get at or 
Um, to me, it felt like this is the only, I would say that this is maybe the only episode I'd qualify as a T'Pol episode across the entire season so far. Sure. Um, yeah. And it feels good for, it feels good for that in terms of development. And again, this is all based on like what I think is like the, the possibility of it. I think it runs into a very big problem with Valar's characterization is never really explained why she is this way or why right. Paul thinks that this is kind of a bad thing. So right. the fact that she, and also calling her a fallen hero, she, she met her once at a conference on Vulcan or something. It's like, well, what the, what the hell? Who cares about that? Like you, you expect a close relationship, but I really, I really thought when it opened that Valar was going to be the character who kind of makes it okay for T'Pol to embrace the humanity aspects that she's sucking mm-hmm. up as a sponge. But that's not really what she does. Valar just likes to shake hands and drink iced tea and crack yeah. wise with people for no particular reason. Yeah, that stuff had nothing to do with anything, that that characterization. And it, it didn't <clears throat> it didn't impress itself on T'Pol at all. They didn't have at no point in their conversations did she bring up why she's that way like because it's i feel like they set that up to be kind of like a a big a a point you know yeah because to goes out of her way to to make everything just so um and it's not like she makes it just so for of specifically her well i guess she kind of does i was gonna say it didn't seem like she was making it just so for her as much as it was just like this is how intense vulcan people do stuff I, I um, love the line of T'Pol, when they're talking in the hallway and T'Pol's like, Vulcans don't have emotions. And Valar says, we do. We just hide it better than them. Yeah, that was great. It's yeah, like, I, like well, I thought that's where this is going to be going because we've commented before in the, the previous episodes when T'Pol says that. She said that. She's said that multiple times that Vulcans don't have emotions. And we go, well, it's not really true. So it's mm-hmm. clearly some sort of uh, character beat that T'Pol kind of weirdly seems to be aware of but doesn't want to admit or something. And I thought that this character was going to be the way to show to Paula truth about what she is and that she would be more honest and able to talk about how she feels about her emotions without this kind of, you guys are humans, I'm a Vulcan, and I'm totally different from you. But that that isn't right. the point of it, strangely. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this that uh, that felt like it <clears throat> was going to go somewhere but didn't. Um, I didn't, so there, it's a three-episode arc where they eventually get to Ryza. Yeah. Is that the deal? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because when they, they get, brought they that need up, to get laid. Everyone, everyone on the yeah. ship. Is- <laughs> yeah, that was that was a weird cold open where T'Pol is is like, you guys all need to, you know, go go somewhere and spend some time alone. Um, and it was strange to me to have so much Riza talk in the beginning, and then they just Don't do talk something about completely again. different. Yep. Yeah, like. Uh, Tucker shows up on a Hawaiian shirt, and then the next scene, it's like, oh, we're going to this other planet to pick up this Vulcan. Let's not talk about Ryza again for the right. entire episode. And it, it's so abrupt that I thought they were going to Ryza to pick up the ambassador. I did Almost. too. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah, I, that's 100% what I thought they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's Enterprise attempting to make a serialized arc, is what that is. They're like, we're going to get to Ryza. This is us going to uh, start this off by saying that that is what we're doing. But it is a, sure. it's a very strange cold open that's confusing unnecessary and we will get to Riza. I promise you that, but not for a couple episodes. I did I did like that um to Paul use the uh uh or is it Valar who says it. One of them uses the the classic mom line of uh, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Yeah. No, oh, that's what it is. She senses her emotions 
And she's like, it's not anger. <gasps> it's disappointment. Yep. It's like that's the Vulcan version of I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what the relationship is supposed to be, right? But, mm-hmm. I mean, the couple problems there are, as we said, <clears throat> to Paul met her once, apparently, and has never met her after that again. Uh, they, the Vulcans probably, to Paul at least, would say that there's no such thing as a mother-daughter relationship in that way in Vulcan society. Mm-hmm. You would think that uh, Valar would push back against that. But again, that's not really, that's not really the point. Like the, to, I think to me, even though I kind of like the action sequence, this reminds me a lot of Broken Bow, in some ways, mm-hmm. where it's a it's a setup that I find really interesting and kind of neat and good execution in terms of what Enterprise is trying to do, but the second half is just a kind of pointless action sequence that mm. that does resolve what they're trying to do, but no, it doesn't say anything about anyone. The fact that they're just pushing right. the ship to go faster and faster, and you know, even Ar- Archer doesn't have a chance to really do anything about this. You get that kind of a nice scene where T'Pol is talking to Archer after she tells him that she talked for two hours and she doesn't have anything to tell Archer. You get, you get kind of a moment there. I like the ending of uh, Valar saying, like, I can sense a friendship between you that's going to reflect what the Vulcan and human relationship is going to be. And it's like, okay, that's kind of nice and stuff like that. But um, it's just... So you weren't at all. I'm, I'm just. I guess I'm a little bit surprised that I, I did enjoy this. I'm having almost the opposite reaction that you did to Voxola, where it's like you came in more positive than you are. But like there are a lot of there are a lot of problems with it. But did you at least like the um, the Vulcan aspect? Because they've been touching on that a few times mm-hmm. in the Andorian incident and everything. And we've we've kind of been unsure about how they were handling it in the Andorian incident mm-hmm. and what they're doing with the Vulcans. I thought that the Vulcans here made sense, even if you ignore the fact that Valar's characterization is kind of strange and doesn't amount to anything. Yeah, I thought it was fine. Um, I just, yeah, I, I, I liked the scenes that they had together, but again, they ultimately don't mean anything in the context of the story because even if you're, if you, if the point of Valar is Valar's characterization is that uh, to. The, to show that she's different than what T'Pol expected and is not meeting T'Pol's standard for what her hero would be or whatever, there's no that doesn't affect it doesn't affect T'Pol's view of her at all. Well, like I, it's not. Yeah, I don't. I would say. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just gonna say it doesn't. It's not like T'Pol then sours on her and she's like and she's like well. I don't know. She probably she's probably guilty. We should probably, you know, you know what I mean. There, she right. never loses faith in her at all. Well, it's it's not uh, the 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 what you think is going to happen is because they're characterizing Valar as a kind of human Vulcan. You think that T'Pol has this ideal uh, idealized version of her, where actually a lot of Valar's success as an ambassador has come from her ability to be somewhat human in these relationships mm-hmm. that she's coasting. So. So, which is kind of strange. You would think that T'Pol would kind of know how Valar is going about her business. But the episode is leading you to think that when T'Pol meets her idol, she's let down by the fact that she acts more human than T'Pol thinks is appropriate. And that that Mm -hmm. is somehow impacting the way that Valar does her job. That has no impact on Valar doing her job whatsoever. Right. There's no there's None. no aspect yeah. of this person this personality that has caused this issue on this planet. She just uncovered corruption. She's just like right. an investigative journalist who's like, I got the story. I got to get back home to print this thing. And so, the episode's title of "Fallen Hero" 
doesn't make any sense because Valar is not a letdown to T'Pol right. in this episode. Right. Yeah, it's not like in uh, it's not like the episode of Miami Vice where uh, uh, Sonny Crockett's um, mentor uh, ends up being the lead on this case that they're working, and Sonny spends the first half of the episode telling Tubbs, "Oh man, this guy's the best. He was the best in the business. He taught me everything I know." Blah 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 blah. And then as they're going along, this guy starts making missteps, and then ultimately. They realize that he's not fit for duty anymore because of whatever reason, or he's in too deep uh, uh, undercover, and he's 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 not he's not playing the game straight anymore. You know, there's yeah. there's no fallen aspect to it. It's just there's a lot of T'Pol- lost step stories like that where the idol is not quite the 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 not quite the actor or whatever that they used to be. Like they they're in their old age, they've right. lost something. But yeah, yeah, uh, like Fright Night where. Um, the the guy the kid goes to meet his hero on TV, who's the famous vampire killer, but he's just a, a washed up actor and he's, right. he's not actually any any good at anything. <laughs> um, but it's just like there's no the the fallen aspect is that Tapal met her once and then when they met again, fifty years I don't even know how many years later uh, one of them has changed a little bit. <laughs> yeah, know, not, well, have I they don't even changed? I don't I don't even I don't, think yeah, they make it clear that she's they haven't. Yeah. T'Pol yeah, might just arguably. have been young, young and ignorant, and Valar says that T'Pol talked too much when she met her. She was like, she was like, well, the, who's the who's this ballsy young Vulcan who's coming up? So I don't even know if T'Pol really got a sense of what Valar was all about at that point. But yeah, that's yeah. the if anything, that's I feel, the great failing there is that I find that that yeah. relationship much more interesting than the chase sequence is ever going to be. Right. Even though I like yeah. the chase sequence, but and I feel I feel like the title is 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 kind of a is kind of a misdirect mm-hmm. uh or or it is not an honest title i guess let's put it that way cuz yeah there's no there's no falling happening and there's no they end up fine at the end which is okay i mean you can do that yeah. in the story you can have your character that you idolize have it have their fall and then you ultimately bring them back up afterwards or i mean but it can be don't... it can be fallen from the point of view of to paul but not fr- it's not true to what valar is you know what i mean like the the fallen hero mm-hmm. aspect is that she doesn't live up to what to paul expects of her but to paul can mm-hmm. learn that what she expects was not really the right thing to expect in the first place you know what i mean like right. her not living right. up to your expectations is not her fault it's your fault in some way right and they but they don't ever do that right they yeah. don't ever touch on that stuff and that would have been interesting i think that would have been um a nice way to play it especially because that in and of itself is a very a very human quality to have that sort of expectation and viewpoint of people so it would be it would be interesting to have either Valar or archer have that discussion with T'Pol and see how she would handle it. That's another great. I, I like. I just think there are nice moments in this episode that when um, Archer is talking to T'Pol about it, uh, and Archer's explaining like what Archer explains the title when he's like, you know, everyone hates to see their hero fall, and T'Pol says Vulcans don't have heroes, and Archer has a nice delivery of, right. I'm sure you don't. It's just kind of yeah. like he doesn't really he doesn't <laughs> believe her, and he knows that she's not being truthful with it. But I. I if anything, I, I 100% agree with the criticisms. I 100% agree that this is not a great um, episode in and of itself, but I do like those moments. I think there are moments mm. there where I understand the T'Pol relationship to Archer better than I have the entire season to this point, I think. Yeah. I think, again, it's not it's not bad. It's yeah. it's, it's totally competent. I don't find... I, 
I guess I would say I, f- I have a I'd say it's, deep, yeah. inherent problem in, in, its, in its structure and construction because I don't think that the, the story element they're driving towards, the mystery, is, is really satisfying in any way uh, or really even kind of makes sense. It's not, but, it's not necessary. I mean, the, yeah, it's to, not necessary. to explain why, this, why that mystery is unnecessary or pointless, Valar not revealing that information does not slow down the pursuit of her. You know, there's right. no there's no reason that if she told Archer, she'd be in better shape because he would have hightailed it to Vulcan faster than he did at right. the start. So right. her not telling him doesn't protect anything. It's also at odds with her characterization as pro-human because you would think that she is the one who would trust the humans more than any of the other Vulcans. And so she would be like, yeah, John, like, I got some, I got like, you know, I got these Brazil, what, what's that, uh, economic file thing they pulled out of Brazil, whatever that reference is. She's got the documents. She's got the Alex Jones documents. She's ready to go and expose them on Vulcan. Oh, the, the Panama Papers? Panama Papers. That's what I'm thinking yeah. of, yeah. And Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, that's like, it's just her not explaining that only allows the enemies that she knows are pursuing her to catch up to the Enterprise. So it, yeah. it's like, what's the point of, what's your strategy here? Like, like, imagine if they had done a scene where she does talk to Archer, and in talking to Archer, she starts, and I mean, Topal is also there, she starts revealing stuff to him about Vulcan politics that she shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And so then Topal starts going like, what the hell are you doing? You know, she's, she sees her doing stuff that Topal does not agree with. And that's where part of the, the, the falling aspect happens, even if what she's doing is ultimately correct. Right. You know, you that way you see her do stuff, and T'Pol reacts to seeing her hero do stuff instead of her hero just showing up, chatting with people and drinking iced tea. And T'Pol is all automatically like, "This is not the person who I thought you were." You know, there's there's no, there's no. It's just talking about stuff she may or may not have done, and it's not rooted in anything directly observable from T'Pol, so it doesn't really have a lot of weight. (laughs) Yeah. No, it, it's it is too bad. I was just the the iced tea thing. Oh, it strikes me as funny. The um, I did. They're fortunate that passion <laughs> yeah, sorry, fruit works out works out yes. pretty well. That was good. I I did I did also like when uh, when they're at dinner. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. When they're at dinner and she's like, "Who uh who was in my quarters before me?" And Tapal was like, "I'm sorry. I know it stinks." <laughs> 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 No, I wanted to. I wanted to praise them for letting me me uh, mm-hmm. keep these things. Yeah, it's just the passion fruit thing. She's just like it, it's. That's almost a bad writer line, I think, where it's just like passion fruit is too on the nose. She's like, well, don't you think this sums up Jonathan Archer, who I also <laughs> can tell hasn't bust a nut in quite a while, and it's like, okay, Valar. Control S. <laughs> I'm taking the rest of the day off. <laughs> My it's, passion fruit metaphor is sound and solid. <laughs> what are we gonna What are we gonna call this episode? We'll call it "Fallen Hero." Um, mm. Yeah, I, the Ho, the Hoshi thing. It's another. <laughs> okay, what do I want you to do? You this this episode is for you. You're gonna write an episode. It's called "Fallen Hero." It's about T'Pol meeting a hero of hers who turns out not to be what she seems. All right, no problem. I got it. Opening shot to Paul. You guys need to have sex. <laughs> Archer, what are you talking about? Who are we going to have sex with? To Paul, there's a whole planet we could go to where you could all have sex. (laughs) (laughs) 
Good start. <laughs> and then to, this is all just foreshadowing for my Malcolm and Reed talk about 12-fingered masseuses uh, later on thing. So I don't, I don't want to yes. put that right there. I'm going to save that scene for later. Yeah, I, clunky. Obviously, Enterprise isn't, isn't built for that kind of stuff. But I did, I did also really like <laughs> when, the, when Tucker and, and Reed are, are walking and uh, uh, they're on the catwalk or whatever, and, and, uh, and Tucker's like, uh, man, you know, I, you must really enjoy us getting shot at, huh? And Reed's like, I actually enjoy shooting people. <laughs> That's the part I like. <laughs> I like to hunt man, the most dangerous game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, the, I guess I, I don't really have much else that I can go off of this. Like I, Mm -hmm. it's tough because it's tough because I see what they wanted to do, you know, even down to the, the the Vulcan thing that I like is I, I kind of like the, the idea of this Vulcan warship coming in and saving the day is interesting that the Vulcans are this super advanced uh, race that the enterprise kind of needs to. And Archer isn't immediately annoyed by them at this point. He kind of knows that he has to go back. The Vulcan captain isn't immediately a dick to him. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, it runs into good moments like that with bad moments. Like the whole way that they're going to kill 10 minutes is this incredibly, laborious thing of drag them down to sick bay and hope that they don't just open the unit you know yeah. instead of shooting yeah. into it like yeah it's it's just this james bondy thing of like they shoot into the door and then like well we accomplished our mission Valar is definitely dead at this point and then they walk let's out. not check the body right. and just leave <laughs> just sleep it's it's all although great great sale uh selling of that from flocks who screams no I know. yeah <laughs> Well, he doesn't. He does, being being the doctor on that ship is it's kind of boring. He it doesn't is. get to do much fun stuff, you know. He's, he's in it for he's in the episode and yeah. Billingsley for a few minutes. But again, get a solid. But there too, it's like the last ten minutes of the show is literally them wasting time. Yeah, <laughs> <You know>? yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. It's kind of I don't know, and it's again, it's a it's done in a manner where it's this mysterious outcome. That obviously is not going to end with them shooting Valar in a in a stasis tube or whatever she's in. Well, and it's just I don't know. It, did you did you ever for a moment think that Archer was going to have to hand over Valar in this episode? I thought that was a legitimate possibility that that's what happens. Is that she hmm. convinces him that he has to give her up? I don't know how that ties into the theme whatsoever. Right. Uh, it yeah. would maybe tie into a better version of T'Pol's fallen hero thing if if her sacrifice redeemed her in the eyes of T'Pol or something, but that doesn't seem very mm-hmm. Vulcan either in some way. But I was, I was unsure whether or not he was going to save her or if she was going to sacrifice herself. Um, I thought you could have gone either way and it would have been fairly satisfying. Yeah. I think you could have also gone away to where the Vulc, well, maybe not. I was going to say, maybe you do it where the Vulcans show up at the end and the Vulcans decide to turn her back over for some reason. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what that would be, but that's some protocol sort of like weird. Or something. Yeah, the, the yeah some protocol it, thing. Yeah. yeah, some protocol thing that then puts that in stark relief with... So uh, to, to Paul and her thought of what the right or appropriate way to do things is, is uh, uh, disrupted by Valar, who has the, her own way of doing things. And then ultimately, once uh, by the end of the episode, to Paul is now on Valar's side and sees why she does what she does and... And then the Vulcans show up, Daddy shows up, 
and does the wrong thing, but they're, but they're still going by what their protocol is. So now T'Pol is like shaken in, in terms of her faith in the system and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But maybe that's too much. I don't know. Yeah. It's how, how, what would you have done? What would, what would a better version of this episode have done for you? Like specifically, if it was one thing, if you need time to think, mine is just, I, I just think they had to hit the Valar is some sort of letdown. Like it has to live up to this title, I think. Like oh, Valar definitely. is yeah. some sort of yeah. letdown. And I, I'd be totally fine with the chase sequence. I'd be totally fine with the ending where Valar is not given up. I'd be totally fine with it redeems Valar not telling Archer the truth. Like that kind of mm-hmm. character work is enough to wash away the very stupid plot decisions that this episode makes all the way through. Yeah. Just yeah. if they had done something better there, because I I really enjoy I really enjoy breaking down the Vulcans. I think that they're a mm. good race to break down because they're fairly complicated in how they're set up. Like if they if they were a race that were basically androids and they did not feel emotion, I feel that they'd be much less interesting than they actually are. And when you have great lines like, we do have emotion, we just hide it better than them, I expect some kind of examination of what this means for Valar and why Valar chooses to live this life and why T'Pol is mistaken and or why T'Pol is thinks that that lifestyle is a mistake to be making and unfortunately you don't get that yeah yeah i would i would have done something similar i I i wish they had leaned into the title more and made it more um directly uh observable and actionable by t'pol who is the main character instead of it just being kind of talking about stuff that you didn't actually see and may or may not have actually happened Uh, i think there's a lot of stuff you can do with this concept but they just chose to do nothing unfortunately mm. yeah it's it's too bad this is kind of a random tangent before we go to our final thoughts about it though what'd you, what'd you think of the bad guy aliens in this uh they're fine they're kind of gill face thing going on yeah i like the captain who's chasing them at the end yeah I, he was good i, I thought I he was a him. very yeah. good actor for what was a pretty standard villain star trek mm-hmm. role but i thought that he was really effective um but other than that, they're just generic uh, bad guys. But also, the, a question about the plot. Is the guy they speak to at the very start not corrupt at that point? Or is he corrupt? Because why does he let them go if he's corrupt? But if he's not corrupt, um, why is he that? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if he's not being taken over by this cartel, is he just the legitimate president at the top of an incredibly corrupt government for some reason? I guess. And he just yeah, lets him go. Think, you would think if he was also corrupt, they wouldn't have let her leave the planet at all. Right. Um, <clears throat> Maybe yeah, I'm missing I a line assume, of dialogue there or something. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I must be racist towards whatever this, this species is. <laughs> I assumed it was the same guy. Mazarians, well, I think. Yeah, I did too. I thought it was the same yeah. guy. They look very similar to each other. I did I did like that guy, though, the, the captain. He kind of was. He kind of matched Archer's smarmy energy yeah pretty well yeah 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 uh because he's he's also got that kind of like half smirk thing where he's talking about <laughs> like well you know if you could just drop out of warp that would be great <laughs> yeah, i noticed that your nacelles are on fire that can't be good you know that kind of thing how fast can your ship go motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> You also, and me 100 yards racing for pinks i also like that the guy never told him I hope this is right, a runner yes. where Archer just in future episodes, three seasons from now, Archer's just like, how fast could that ship have gone? I, 
I wish at the end when they were when they were all filing off, Archer had just like grabbed him by the shoulder and was like, "I need to know." <laughs> Guy just pops a cyanide pill in his cheek, and Archer's like, "How fast? How fast?" <laughs> Let's. Uh, Some things must never be known by humans. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll play a clip from the episode. We'll come back. Uh, we'll read some patient thoughts and give our final thoughts about Fallen Hero. Thank you, Captain. I'm sorry for the trouble I've caused you and your crew. We're glad we could help. I sense a great bond between you. A bond of trust and respect. But also a bond of friendship. I think it bodes well for the future relations of our two peoples. All right, everybody, for the video viewers, I'm back from patting my, uh, what do they call it, powdering my face for this uh, for this photo shoot here. It is unbelievably hot and muggy today. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, listeners. And special thanks to the patrons who support the show. If you listen to the show and you want to support the show, the best way to do that is patreon.com slash thepenskefile. You go there for a couple dollars a month. You get extra podcasts. You get extra commentary videos where I talk about uh, episodes of Star Trek and that you can sort of listen to me talk as the episode is playing, like a director's commentary. We do polls. We do games on the Discord and stuff. So all that's at uh, patreon.com slash the Penske file. Best way to support the show. And as always, our captain tier gets a special shout out. So in order of oldest to newest, a special thank you goes to as soon as I stretch out. Age this wise, you asked everybody their age. That's right. So you have to. Well, they they I, it's right next to their credit card information right here that I'll read out <laughs> by order there too. Special thank you goes to Christian Pouch, uh, Tark Latif, Chris Tinsley, Mike Burnett, Cardinal Doomsday, Joint Mango, Ben Douglas, No Brennan, Kyle Barrett, Samuel Custer, Matt Ross, Nathan Elliott, Eric Johnson, Andrew Cherlog, Grim Santo, Matt Cutler, Tom Hiles, Dwayne Hackett, Sean Jordan Cooper, Russell Elledge, Kevin Reyes. Vault 13 Hero, Stefan Minton, David Beermore, Darth Mosk, HH28, Mad Courier 6, Jacob123, Matt Houston, Mike Harris, Nick Sergi, Jakey's Gamer, Patrick Seba, Captain Brazen, Kevin Lowry, Eric Antoine, Bradley Killens, Corey Martin, Woodrow, and Rune Vendler. Thank you very much for supporting the show. Much appreciated. You make this all possible. Maybe that money will next go to time, getting an air conditioner in this room. Yeah. Next time for what? Next time you, sh- next time you should read them by uh, whose passwords are easiest to guess. <laughs> <laughs> we'll call this the one two three ABC method of ordering something. <laughs> All right, so now what do we do? We were watching uh, we were watching Hackers a month or so ago, sure. and uh, which has not aged super well. Just to stay on top imagine. of the tech world, it's good to go back and watch yeah. things like Hackers. Yeah, and uh, there's a point where they're talking about passwords and whatever, and 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 and, the, and one of them is like, yeah, the most common used. The most common used passwords in America right now are God and sex. I'm like, well, okay, well, your first problem is you're only using three letters <laughs> for your password. <laughs> Which letters capitalized, motherfucker? One of those has got to yeah, be capitalized. Yeah. And if, I, I mean, if you throw a zero into the middle of God, then you're increasing your uh, security a hundredfold. <laughs> <laughs> God himself could not guess that password. Uh, let's see here. Patron thoughts. If you're a patron, you can leave your thoughts about upcoming episodes and we read them. Matt Ross says, Fallen Hero, so they need to all get laid. Something that comes up for the next several episodes. Probably a better way to address this subcommander is to say the crew needs shore leave. Anyway, that aside, the meat of the story with the Ambassador of Lar and the tension of trying to escape the pursuing bad guys, the Mazarites, has an interesting twist on alien corruption. 
You know, it feels like every race they meet ends in ites, so I'm waiting for the Samsonites to attack next. Where is Hoshi staying? Daniel's room? Giving Reed crap for thinking of defense when there isn't even a red alert status is ridiculous after all the crap they've been through. Get off Reed's back, Trip. Valar shows an understanding of diplomatic protocol, humor, and knowledge with just the right amount of arrogance towards our hosts. What's odd is Archer actually considering and turning back to Mazar after being attacked. Maybe it wouldn't have been three on one if he had followed the original order. When the Enterprise is confronted and fleeing, it's nice to see that they can finally hold its own, if even for a little bit. And going to Warp 5, finally, was actually funny with Warp 5 on paper. A fun chase, ending just in time, four out of five. Um, I, uh, I, I wish that um, Valar had said that she she needed to practice her human instead of practicing her english yeah Terran because or something. i th- yeah because I, fi- I find it funny that human uh humans are the only species in star trek that has more than one language yeah because the vulcans uh, the, the, the it's like bad company off the album bad company by bad company mm-hmm. you've got the vulcans who speak vulcan and they come from the planet vulcan, vulcan. yeah and uh, the klingons <laughs> speak klingon and originally came from the planet Kling. Kling on East, until, I think. Yeah, or whatever it is. But you know what I mean. It's it's uh it, it would be it would be a fun thing to call out and have someone be like, well, you know, there's more humans speak a variety of different languages, and have her be like, well, Vulcans speak a variety of different languages too, Dick. It was a uh, it shattered the universal translator <clears throat> thing that I know is happening in my head, where she's like, I'm speaking English too. I was like, wait. No, you're not. You're speaking Vulcan, and everything's being translated for you. That's how this all works. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just—it's kind of an inception of language. Like if someone says, "I'm saying this," can you ever be sure that that's what you're saying? Like you're like, "What? What does it sound like?" I'm saying. They're like, "It sounds like Vulcan." You're like, "But I'm speaking French." Like, are you speaking English? Who's, who the hell's talking? Yeah. Let's see. That's it for Matt Ross. Thank you very much. Um, I guess this is a good place as any because you mentioned Archer's odd decision to turn back, which is an odd decision. Archer, to me, just through this first season, is by far the weakest Star Trek captain because I do not understand mm-hmm. 95% of the decisions that he makes to do. And agree. The, show does not, the show is not characterizing him in a way, we've talked about this before, where his bad decisions are part of his character in some way. Like right. He's, right. he's portrayed as very upright and honorable, but he always makes weird decisions. So it's strange. He trusts... Whoever last spoke to Archer, he trusts implicitly and says, you are telling me the truth, so I'm going to do what you want me to do. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. Yeah, he, um, uh, I, I don't really know what to, what to add to that because that's, yes, very accurate. He's, he is, he seems to be at the mercy of, of, of the plot a lot of times, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, where, and I think that is because he is so He's very thin. reactive. Very, like, yeah. he reacts to, he never, even when it seems like he's choosing something, it's because he's reacting to something that happened before that, that is causing him to choose this new action, you know? So it's never like he, he never, like, he initiates going down to planets and things, but I never feel like he has a point of view that he immediately brings into a situation. He mm. kind of walks into a situation, something happens, and he goes, okay, I'm going to do this instead. Yeah, like, I, I get... I get what he does here because they follow it up with that scene where he's pissed off that the Vulcans are asking them to do their dirty work, yeah. essentially. Yeah. But that is the kind of situation where it's like, we need you to give her back. No, we're not going to do that. And then she's like, I can't tell you why I, I need to leave. And he's like, well, I'm going to give you back then. Right. It's like, uh, okay, sure. But it I doesn't. Mean, do you, so you're going to supersede your 
agreement with the Vulcans just because this one Vulcan won't tell you what's going on. But again, they do have that scene where he is very frustrated by that, which sort of uh, uh, explains his threat of uh, turning the car around and going home. Right, which is which I'd be fine with. I'd be fine if Archer's bad decision was driven by a need to try to spite the Vulcans. But I... At least in terms of this episode, I feel like he's bringing that up in a kind of half-assed way. Like it, it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like that's really his driving motivation as to why he would go back and drop her off there. Right. Um, but I don't and it's know. it kind of comes out of nowhere too. It's like she was nothing but nice to him, right? Um, and whatnot. And he and she, well, is that and when she's when she's like, ah, there's some state secrets I can't tell you. He's like, well, fuck you. That's the other thing about Valar. Valar is not acting human to get in Archer's good graces, right? Because right. she continues yeah. to act that way after they're all fine. She She's shaking hands at the end, you know? Like, she's... Mm-hmm. The, the other way that you would... I suppose you could do this is if Valar's humanity, instead of it being a kind of defining character thing, is if v- Valar's humanity is all an act that she's doing because she wants to get into Archer's good graces to cause him to do something early on. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that would make a lot of sense if... You know, if Archer's like, hey, a Vulcan who's not an asshole to me, like, I'll do whatever you want. You sound great. I, I go along with whatever anyone tells me, but especially a Vulcan who I actually like, I'm definitely going to listen to you. And if T'Pol knew the truth of what was going on or knew that something was not being on the on the, the level, I still prefer Valar being more human and T'Pol reacting to that. But I think that that's the other <laughs> way you could have gone with it, I guess. Yeah, it's like. It's like when you're in college and you're talking to someone you're attracted to and all of a sudden you find yourself going, yeah, I, I love country music. It's great. I love all all the hits. <laughs> yeah. The, the, yeah. The guy with the can't, hat. Can't choose just one. They're all just too good. Can't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's all great. I mean, front to back. <laughs> it's not a week. It's, it's like the, the worst Star Trek fans who's like, there's no such thing as a bad episode of Star Trek. Mm. Um, a latte librarian says there's no such thing as a bad episode of star trek fallen hero they almost read a whole episode without <laughs> making a to paul sex joke so they stuck it in the cold open is the ambassador what to paul would like to would would is, listen you never want anyone sticking anything in the cold open is, is, as a rule okay <laughs> you gotta warm up is the ambassador what to paul will be like in the future i liked your character but it was an odd it was odd to see a vulcan act so unvulcan the aliens with the man buns were not very intimidating and gave off a wannabe mobster uh, mobster vibe. It's just hard for me to take that hairstyle seriously. Three iced teas out of five. Um, okay, I'll read a couple more here. We're kind of running out of time. Stefan Minton says, I really like uh, Fionula Flanagan as Valar. It's nice to see that Enterprise continues to give us Vulcans who defy the monocultural mold, and it's extra nice that this time they managed to do it without all the rape. Good character work, a good chase sequence. Always, always a plus. <laughs> and some fine tactical thinking by Archer make this the first episode in quite a while that I really enjoyed. Warp four out of five. By the way, with the end of the season coming up, do you guys plan to do a season one wrap-up, re- uh, recap or wrap-up episode? I think so. Maybe just a short one. But we'll see. Maybe it'll just be stuck to the end of the uh, end of the episode. I like those recaps because it gives me a, uh, a day off, basically. It gives me like a couple days off. Point Extra G says... Fallen Hero, thank goodness we didn't get to Ryza. I don't think I could handle what this show would be like there. I and I like exploring Archer's relationship with the Vulcans. At the end of this story, the Vulcans are still holding back, but we see the Valar has left an impact on Archer as well as him on her. This is really one of the best things this show has done, starting off with the Vulcans' as dicks, at least from the human perspective, and slowly breaking past their barriers. Man, Benjamin, I'm really in the minority on this one, huh? Well, 
I'll, I'll read a couple more and see if this is a minority sure. or just a streak. Benjamin Espinosa says, did, "I can't. I assume Kyle's is just going to be all about uh, <laughs> ex- explosive bodily fluids on Riza or something." <laughs> well, he's, I did. I skipped ahead three episodes to get to the Riza episode, so I'll comment on that. <laughs> Benjamin Espinosa says, "A little Vulcan political drama mixed with some fun submarine-like ship battles. I'm all in. Great guest star by Miss Flanagan, Trek guest star alumni. It started off a little slow, but once it got going, it never let off the gas. Seeing the Sharan-class Vulcan ship is always great." I kept thinking if this is what a Star Wars Jedi show would be like, minus the lightsaber fights. We all know Vulcans are Jedi brethren. Uh, Obi-Wan has to go fetch a disgraced Jedi master and hijinks ensue. Wasn't that the subplot of one of the movies? Anyway, seeing T'Pol and Arsh's friendship grow through the trust Archer places in her was well-earned. Great switcheroo by Flocks as well. Four Ryzen massages out of five. That's another four for you. I was going to say I was surprised uh, that in the middle of this episode long chase sequence uh tucker wasn't like we need to get onto their ship because they're tracking us through warp speed but in order to do that we have to leave our ship and go to another planet and find somebody that can then bring us to their ship <laughs> so we can know the the, the codes to, to shut off their thing it's a lot of callbacks Matt Cabanis Adley says, or Cabanas, I suppose, uh, interesting that T'Pol notes Starfleet officers are forbidden from having sexual relationships with their subordinates. By the time of TNG, Troy explicitly states to Picard that such relationships are allowed in lessons. Perhaps the more sexually enlightened Denobulans insisted on relaxing the rules when they joined the Federation. Kyle, yeah, the, well, yeah, we won't, we won't talk about it. Kyle Barrett's going to talk about it, I'm sure. Uh, he says, and so begins the journey to rise the trilogy of episodes, which is only rivaled by DS9's occupation arc in terms of quality. Almost two decades before Picard gave us Irish Romulans, Enterprise gives us an Irish Vulcan. It's nice to have a T'Pol storyline in which she's not objectified or mind-raped, although it ceases, I feel it ceases being her episode around the halfway point and instead shifts all the focus to Archer. It's still decent, but an interesting character work fizzles out. The interesting character work fizzles out a little and is replaced by an okay action plot. I love for an older T'Pol to appear in an episode of Strange New Worlds in a role similar to Valar's in this episode, showing that she does accomplish her childhood ambition of being like her hero. I write this in a somewhat weak-willed mood, and despite absolutely no one giving a shit, I can't decide if this is a high three or a low four. So I'll let you guys decide what I'm going to give it. You're giving it a two. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think how you- I, I think our fi- our final rating will actually uh, will probably match, and so we'll we'll give Kyle that score as well. Norman Buckwald says, this is actually one of the decent highlights of season one. I love how it finally seems in a non-exploitive or uh, it seemed to finally in a non-exploitive or comedic relief way be a story with T'Pol and probably is what I'd call the only definite true story that develops her character in season one, though her looking through her looking up to the role model of a guest ambassador. This is probably the only season one Vulcan themed episode I don't mind rewatching. It was actually compelling too. Now, if only the rise of reference could be cut out four out of five. And then we've got two more comments here. Christian Patch says, Another opener which has essentially nothing to do with the rest of the episode and is a bizarre example of some mini-serialization that they tried to do. Is T'Pol a bit too into the crew's sex life? I can't tell if it's inappropriately funny or the writer's jerking off about a woman coldly telling them that they must get laid. I like the episode for the most part, even if much of Valar's personality isn't really explained. I kind of would have liked it more if the race to Warp 5 had been a running thing for more of the episode. Not perfect, but not terrible by any means. Three or four desperate but failed attempts to make up a funny joke out of five. And the final comment 
fallen hero goes to Woodrow, who says, Archer turning the ship around to put his whole crew at risk, or at the very least his guest. Why would he fly right back to the Missourites? An unknown threat. I think that's the wrong name, but I'll go with it too because I don't know their name. Missourites. An unknown threat who like, almost destroyed... Like they're from Missouri? Missourian. <laughs> the Miz. Go Miz. Go Mizu. An unknown threat who almost destroyed the ship. It was stupid. Yet he pats himself on the back for avoiding all consequences of the flagrant insubordination to his mission. If hard lessons are a theme of Enterprise, it's not clear whether Archer learns them or he just happens to walk past them. 2.5 out of 5. I, um... Well, thank you, patrons, very much for supporting the show and leaving your comments. I... I came into this prepared to give this a 4. So mm-hmm. I, I understand, I think, where a lot of the patron comments are coming from. Um, you know, what, what are you going to give it uh, first, I guess? And then I'll go into, into what I think here. Um, <clears throat> I'm going because there is, there is good stuff in it, um, but I just don't find it compelling I feel like it's a it's a low three or a, possibly a high two for me because yep. it's just I don't know it's just not uh, I feel like saying low three is is me taking the coward's way out but <laughs> uh, yeah I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's a high two I'm gonna stand my ground oh, on this okay one. yeah I I don't think I can drop down that far because I was coming in with it a four yeah um I I I think that this episode. Uh, someone had a comment on one of the recent episodes where like you guys say that you, you say low, low two, high two, low three, high three too much. He's like, you should expand your scale. Uh, I know we it. should just squish to 10. <laughs> <laughs> a 10. He makes the point that 10 is not good because 10 is a double five. So you don't really gain anything from that. But true. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to get into why we chose the five, but I, I feel that I feel that that comment only kind of works in enterprise where these episodes mm. have all been pretty similar to each other. Um, we on the Discord, we were trying to come up with like the worst episodes. I can more easily come up with the best episodes of this season than the worst because I think the worst are like the bottom twenty. They're all kind of the same. You right. know, there's like none yeah. of them are like, well, that one's egregiously awful. So it's really hard to choose. But for the ratings, we're trying to compare two very similar fruits to each other. Like it's an apple and an right. apple and I'm yeah. looking at it going like, ah, which apple would I rather eat? They look exactly the same. I think and it's I'm, not even, it's not even like a, a Macintosh and a Granny Smith. It's like a Macintosh and then a Macintosh that has some bruises on it. Right. But not enough where I wouldn't need it. You know, it's like, right. it's, it's yeah. not like I'm like, oh, this is the bad <laughs> apple. It's just like, oh, I, I'll eat either one of these. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. And that, so You'll go two. I think that's uh, honorable. You can stick with your two because you clearly didn't like it from the start. I'll go with three, I think. I mm-hmm. I put this one kind of similar to Vox Sola in a lot, a lot of ways. I don't know if it's quite as good when you break it down. I think that, the, I think that what could have been in this episode is better than what Vox Sola ever could have been, but I don't sure. know if this one executes it as well. I'll give it a three as well. It's probably right in that wheelhouse. That's it. We're done with, uh, what was this? Fallen Hero. Thank you, patrons, for supporting the show. Patreon.com slash the Penske file if you want to support the show. Otherwise, join the Discord if you want to talk to people. There's a link down below you can join. Um, that's it. Clay, do you have anything you want to say? Um, we have Girl Walks Home Alone at Night this, this past week for our coverage on uh, Rotten Horror Picture Show. And then uh, I guess think tomorrow or 
Wednesday, I forget when Star Trek comes out, will be uh, the next episode of Badass, okay. which is uh, Demon's Quest Part One and Two, the first appearance of Rachel Ghoul. So that's that should be that's a good one to talk about. So cool, come join us. Come join, come join. So Badass will be there. You can catch up on the uh, Ron Horror Picture shows that have been out. Star Trek continues as always. That Desert Crossing is going to be the next episode uh, on Thursday. And after that, we're almost done with season one of this. Uh, and I think we will do a wrap-up just because we'll probably record it at the end of a usual episode recording Clay for 10 minutes or whatever and just give our thoughts about it. Um, I'm... I'm really looking forward to going like, I don't really remember. They all kind of run together because they're all so samey. You have to do it early when when the first season is identifiable to me, right? Because mm-hmm. it's only the episodes I've seen to this far. So it's like sure. every single yeah. episode yeah. I can talk about. But once we once we do it for season two, I'll be like, oh, man, remember that Fallen Hero episode? And it's like, oh, that, that actually happened in the first season. Like, okay, never mind. Ignore what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like, I, I'll be completely honest with you. We have both been referencing Vox Sola this entire episode. I cannot, for the life of me, remember what happened in that. And I watched it like three days ago. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we'll have some thoughts about uh, Enterprise's first season. Um, I'm I'm super interested to see where it falls on the score averages compared to the other seasons uh, and mm-hmm. see where it is. It, it'll probably be lower than I expected, but we'll see. And uh, we'll give our thoughts about Archer. We'll give our thoughts about DePaul, all that stuff. Cool. Guys, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Support the show at Patreon. That's it. We'll be back with Desert Crossing. See ya.